Hey everybody, Mama C here. This week's episode is a sample of a bonus content that I uh, pulled over from our Patreon podcast. So if you want to hear the full episode, just hop on over to Patreon, search for Notes from the Pin, and sign up. Plus, it's going towards a good cause. Thank you. And today, I have Mama C with me. Hey! Yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, answered some questions out there, and I still get a lot of them, so that's always nice. Right. And and you kind of, before, we just got on the phone. This is our first phone call. You know, we didn't do too much of a pre-show, but, you know, you, you, you were like, you want me to kind of read through? And she, she read through, you know. I said, yeah, definitely read through, because I'm sure there's going to be some stinkers in there that we, we're going to have to, like, weed those out. But... After every single one, um, what I say after every single question, you kind of ran through. That's a good question. That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. And uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised at the, the people out there. You know, real quick before we get into it, they do these statistics on, uh, is it Spotify that does them or Anchor? Where they, where you, I think it's Spotify that goes through and kind of get, delivers some, some stats about the show, and I think you post a lot of them, but the number one genre or classification, I guess they break down listeners into like, oh, academic listeners or whatever, is, is the Notes from the Pin listeners overwhelmingly are adventure podcast consumers, adventurers, yes. meaning finding shit on the fringe, weird, unique, you know, kind of personally curated subject matter and stuff, and uh that just made me smile a little bit here. <laughs> I said, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. So, um, so what do you got, Mom? Okay, well, um, let's go fire him. I'll fire him away. Ghost Gerbil wants to know, does Bobby actually have a precise release date, or is it more fluid than that? So, as far as, like, this, the, see, because a quick lesson in, in good time and, and mandatory minimums and this whole, sh- this whole shtick and uh, one of the things I love about this, this show is that our listeners are spread out, like, all over the country. So I, in a lot of ways, I believe I'm probably um, an emissary for American prisons and kind of how they work. So I think a lot of people assume that American prisons, you come to prison, and if you're good, you get some time knocked off. That isn't the case. Um, there's federal prisons, which are the, the state um, I mean, the, the nation deals with, the actual national government deals with. So if you're taking stuff across state lines, if you're selling a drug, if you have a drug organization or, or business that, that covers multiple states, you'll get federal charges, right? And you'll go to a federal prison, uh, which has their own overarching rules. And, and those are a lot of the ones you see on TV and in movies. They have a lot of benefits. There's a lot more programming because they have a lot more money. And then there's state prisons. State prisons are individually run. They're all different. And, and I'm in a Michigan state prison. And there is no good, what's called good time. We have mandatory minimums instead, which means that we have a minimum sentence and we have a maximum sentence. And 
when they when they when they replaced good time with this mandatory minimum stuff, it was supposed to be you got out once you did your mandatory minimum, unless you had done a bunch of fucked up shit in here and you're still a problem, right? You're really not even supposed to see the parole board, from what I understand. It's supposed to be a formality. Okay, mandatory minimum, get out of here. Unless you're just an active problem. That's not how it ended up working. Um, it ended up working that you do your mandatory minimum, and then you see the parole board, and you can get flopped for small things. They can just even think like, oh, yeah, well, we think you haven't addressed your addiction issue. Flop. You know, and they can do a one, two, or five-year flop, which a flop means they deny your parole, and then you can't, you don't even see them again, or you can't, you're not eligible for a release for another year, two years, or five years. And so my ERD is October 3rd, 2025. So that's the tentative release date. My tail, which is the end of my sentence, my, I would be maxing out, meaning no matter what I did, I would get out, like I, as long as I didn't catch another case in here, is 2033. But because of my history in here and, and me being in college and doing a bunch of good stuff, it's almost, let me knock on this bench right here, would, it's almost guaranteed I'll, I'm going to get out at Oct on October 3rd, 2025. I consider that my latest, even though technically it's not the latest possible. It's, um, other than a commutation, it's the earliest possible. So, Thank you for using yeah. GTL. All right, let's see. The next, oh, this is a cool one. Is it hard to stay current on new artists and their music, and are there any new artists you've discovered while in prison? That's an interesting one for me because you're pretty much limited on what you can see and hear, so how does that work in prison? Well, like award shows, you can kind of <clears throat> see because uh, MTV doesn't play music videos except for a single hour on the weekend. So as far as that stuff goes, um, music-wise, you have to search through the catalog for on the kiosk for for hot new artists and stuff. But I get a couple magazine subscriptions. One of them is Rolling Stone, so that allows me to keep up. And one of the new artists, who's not a new artist, he's actually died, like I think, last year, and he was like really old. But I didn't know about him before I came to prison. But on, on Saturday nights, they have... Um, um, God, what the, uh, City Limits? It's called City Limits. I mean, oh, right. And it's yep. a live bit. Austin City Limits, that's what it is. Yeah. And um, there's like this really historic venue in Austin, Texas, and all these people play it. And there's a dude named uh, John Prine, who is, uh, he's like a folksy um, musician, songwriter, and he's got really clever, sometimes humorous, but really poignant songs. And uh, I, I didn't know who he was, and uh, come to find out a lot of the artists I like Bright Eyes or even Casey Musgraves. A bunch of songwriters love this guy. He's, he did, they, they did a uh, one where they played when he was there in the 80s, 90s, the odds, and then the 2010s. And uh, yeah, so he's, he's, a, he's newer to me that I learned of while I was. Television is what's really hard to stay up on. FX, because that's my, I believe that's the best form of storytelling. It's the most, it allows you to stretch your legs and really develop a nice, you know, rich character. It's just the best format. And, um, FX has really good shows, FX Originals. Like, almost everything new they put out is, is pretty pretty good. Uh, but there's there's st stuff going on on, like, the premium channels, like HBO Showtime, that I don't get to watch unless they play it on the movie channel. So they're playing Succession right now. I think it's the third season of Succession. Yeah. Maybe the second. Really good shit. So there's tons of shows. I'm just making a list now of, of shows that I, want, I really want to watch when I get out that I haven't been able to 
Yeah, we should do that too. The Pebble should come up with a list of uh, shows and recommendations. Yeah, what to watch, things that you've missed. I like hacks. Right. I think you'll like hacks when you get out too. Hacks, never heard of it. I know you were watching the Westworld, you know, uh, a bunch of other stuff. But. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, let me cross that one off so I keep track. Politics, the next one. Jerry R. says, politics are decisive out here. Is it the same in prison? Divisive? Divisive, yes, divisive. Uh, politics are divisive and decisive. <laughs> uh, I'm a prick. Um, yeah, they are. Um, there's actually an ongoing thing in my cube, which I've allowed myself to detach. You have one minute remaining. Detach from the show. When I was younger, I would get a lot more riled up. But I was a lot farther left-leaning. But... I only get to experience things through CNN and Fox News, right? So it's like two oh, annoying yeah. extremes. Yeah. But the basic template is if you're a white dude over the age of 30, you are a right-wing Trump-loving Republican. Obviously, there's exceptions to it, but for the most part, I'd say 85% are that. And um, a majority of the rest are either disaffected. Um, it's hard for people who aren't like right-wing Republican types, which seems ironic that you're in prison and you would support a party that's typically tough on crime and all that stuff. Um, That like the left-leaning, we're the ones that have been stepped on, really. Like we, for the most part, you know, we've definitely been thrown away if our whole lives haven't been being stepped on by the state. Thank you for using GTL. Yeah, so to answer the question briefly, People have their ideological stances, but much in the way that political correctness is a luxury to be practiced by those who don't have bigger problems, right? Being super offended. Now, I'm not saying people should care and honor what people, the pronouns people wish to be called and all that stuff, right? But on the, if there was some sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The the proper not being offended, we can get to that when you have your physical autonomy. You get to, eat, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a hierarchy, and and of things, both political um, divisive divisiveness and uber political correctness. Like these things are luxuries that we don't have. Like we don't we have other fish to fry, so we don't really get caught up. People who watch Fox News and are really Trump-supporting, uh, through like Grandpa Rick and my cube, is um, completely brainwashed by Fox News, right? But he's a good person in action, right? He gives coffee shots to people other than white Republicans. You know what I mean? Like, he's right. a good dude. He's a generous yeah. dude. And, and, and the divisiveness, divisiveness is, is more theoretical. And we don't really have time for that. We got other more pressing issues. Uh, worth worth really trying to address and maybe when we have our freedom and we can eat healthy and we can afford the food and we can shit well maybe when we have all those things taken care of it would be nice to have the luxury to worry about uh, microaggressions and um the political um opponents or whatever the yeah, that's a good called. point we don't really yeah you know, we don't really get into that because there's other stuff to worry about. That that stuff, that frivolous stuff, that pundits and and 
Twitter trolls can spend their energy doing. We don't really have the time or energy for it so much. It doesn't really come up in action. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, the next question uh, I'm going to ask, but um, but but first I want to say that if we've been really fortunate and lucky to have so many people reach out to us. But you also had a lot of people that reach out to you directly through the prison email system, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, I just had one. Oh, good. Laura, she was been sending me books forever. Yeah. And she sent me a nice long uh, email the other day, sweetheart. And uh, I've been wanting to uh, speak to her because I saw her name on my kiosk, and she sends me these books and, and by this one particular author that are really poignant and great. And uh, I haven't, you know me, I don't, because of the old account situation, I, I really can't buy my own stamp, so I have to wait for someone to send me one when they write me. Right. So she finally did, and it was uh, cool to hear from her. So, oh, good. Well, uh, well we, uh, I put up a contact link on our website, notesfromthepen.com, which kind of explains how to reach out to Bobby directly if you want to, or if you just want to send the show uh, a message, you can do that as well uh, at our email. But my next question comes from Phil... B, what's the most common question you get asked, and is there a question you wish someone would ask but hasn't yet? So this one I would need time to think about. You know, I think the mo- one of the most common questions ha- would have to do with, well, it's not the most common because people are afraid to ask it, but when you would come to visit me, your big thing was like, are you okay? I just want to know you're okay. Is anyone messing with you? <laughs> right. That was like your thing. Yeah. And I would get super offended by it. And I would go, no, I'm fine. And then you kept doing and I, Mom, I'm fine. Like, I've never been a victim in my life as far as, like, being afraid to stand up for myself and stuff like that. I, I'm not. And I remember pointing out a dude in the visiting room. I go, you see that guy over there? He's like a balding, like, frail um, white gentleman with glasses who was an inmate who was visiting his people. I said, his family needs to be asking him if he's okay. Like if, <laughs> so that maybe that's like one of the things. Now, what would I like people to, the question I would like people to ask, that's a pretty good question. Mm. That mm. question is a good question. Um, I would like, I, I'm, let, me get, let me think about it a little more, but that's a good question. Okay. Um, just just um, asking us, is a good question. That's that's the no. That's okay. That's my answer. The 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 question I wish people would ask is, what's it like for you in there, and how you know? Yeah, good. How are you holding up? Is there anything we can do? And uh, do you know we care about you? That that's a that's a question I wish more people would ask. And not just me. I I'm fortunate. You know, um, I've met an amazing group of people from all over the world through this. I think that's what the average inmate would appreciate, something like that. No, oh, that's an awesome answer, too. Okay, the next one comes from Mr. Catman. I don't get the name, but that's cool. Um, under what circumstances... <laughs> Sorry. You're an asshole. <laughs> that's, maybe that's where you get You're it from. Asshole. Catman. Catman. <laughs> Catman. I love it, Mom. Uh, <laughs> Mama B. Oh, I don't get the name, but that's cool. <laughs> oh, just so dismissive. Hey, Catman. I'm Listen, sorry, Catman. I imagine you're a big old fucking roaring lion of a Catman. You're not a little feline, not a little cat like Mama C wants to pin you at. And uh, 
That's a real aggression. That was a micro. That was a macro aggression. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm sorry. What do you? What do you hate cats? No, no. Just cat know. men. Cat men. Yeah. Okay. Under what circumstances do they transfer transfer inmates? How often does it happen? And can inmates request a transfer? They can, and they do, and it's laughed off because that's not how shit works in here as far as the transfer goes. It, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, first of all, I'd like to apologize for my mother's behavior. Um, <laughs> apologies, you're welcome. I'm glad you're here. Apparently she doesn't, but uh, I'm glad you're here. You just, you just rub up against my leg and I will uh, keep you, uh, you safe from her, from the water bottle she inevitably wants to spray in your face. Um, but, okay, so it's it's pretty random. G.R. Joe has been at the same joint for like like seven years now, which I don't know how that's possible. My average is about once every two years I get rode out to another joint, and it's the biggest disruptive pain in the ass of every part of prison. And, and so, so, yeah, that, that's a huge pain in the ass. And I always get pissed when I have to ride out. I'm like, motherfucker, because you have to go through this whole problem. It's just, a, it's just the worst. And it's never, you never know. So I, I've said it before on the show. It's like, imagine if you lived in a, a, a house that someone was like, okay, you live here. We're going to tell you when to eat and all that, all that other stuff. But just know, one of, the, one of the deals is at any moment, it could be at 11 at night. It could be at 7 in the morning. We can bust in your door, throw you a duffel bag and tell you, pack up. You got to go try to, then you'd have to try to put everything in this duffel bag and take your all your So it's a, it's a huge pain in the ass. I, I absolutely hate it. But it's, it's, I'd say on average, it's every year and a half to two years for it. Okay. All right. All right. Let's, let's one more. So let's do one more and get the hell out of here because all these things end up turning into 45 minute episodes that were supposed to be 30. Okay. So the last question comes from Miss Jackie, a long time follower, viewer, listener, she wants to know, will you continue with Notes from the Pen when you get out? I absolutely will continue with Notes from the Pen when I get out. And um, when we first started, we were just recording phone calls because I'm a genuine narcissist and I believe my thoughts need to be spread across <laughs> the planet. And so we were, we were just, actually it's because I'm morbid and I think, I always think I'm going to die young and have lived uh, accordingly, um, which is all fine and dandy until you uh, wake up and you're 40 one day and your credit's terrible and uh, you have a bunch of weird tattoos <laughs> and uh, you've had a bunch of concussions and uh, all this other stuff. So uh, so we just started uh, laying stuff down and, and part of it was uh, along the way we I, I come to realize that the important thing is the, if there's one mission statement other than being a pebble in the shoe of the prison industrial complex, it's that in order for there to be change, but not even change, just because it's the right thing, I want, I want this to be a drop in the bucket of creating a more realistic, three-dimensional portrayal or understanding of what life in prison is for the person, the family, society at large. We're the most incarcerated population on the planet. Yes. And up as far as I know, there hasn't been any 
certainly hasn't been enough. Orange is the New Black might be one, but there hasn't been enough accurate portrayals of what life behind bars is. And that's one of the first things you realize when you come to prison or when a family member comes to prison. You go, oh, this isn't what... This isn't what I thought it was, right? And that doesn't mean just the harshness of it, the bad stuff. It means that there's a humanity that unfolds behind bars that you don't really see in, in movies. There's a, a dark sense of humor. There's a, a beautiful aspect of the thriving and, and proliferation and, and surviving of hope and camaraderie and friendship and inspiring just will to do more and sense of uh, uh, a dark sense of humor. There's just a lot, too, that goes to that three-dimensional stuff that's not just negative. And so that's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to humanize this experience or dehumanize it. I just wanted to, to lay it out there, what this experience is like, not just my personal one, but in general, and obviously it has to come through. That's all I know is my personal experience. So I realized uh, a little while after doing the podcast which that was my goal. I didn't even think about doing going on afterwards, but that is definitely needs to be a thing. It's a huge part of this story arc. It's like the second act of a movie is the, yeah, is is the release. Right. We don't know. We want to know how it ends. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you guys have been along on this ride with me. I like to think that if the roles were reversed, which I was an avid podcast listener, I uh, wouldn't be okay with it just ending half uh, halfway through the movie. You know, I'd want to uh, want to know. But but aside from that, the this story of incarceration needs to. That's a huge part of it. Is how you do when you get out. If you can survive, what the detrimental effects are. What I'm afraid of. What what I'm bugged out about. What's bothering me. What I'm having trouble with. Uh, the crowds, the mall, like all this stuff is such a vibrant and important part of this story. And so it, it certainly will be a part. And, and and we're all into this together. You too, Jackie. So, yeah, I'm dragging you guys along with me, and, and I hope you uh, hope you all stay with me. But that's a very important part. And so you guys get to see whether I get out there and uh, take over the world mm-hmm. uh, in a creative sense, or if I... Uh, crash into the side of a mountain and uh, have a disastrous <laughs> returning to the uh, uh, you have one minute remaining notes from the pen part two be brief it has been a really amazing journey because and this is so different because we've started from the beginning with you it's like the birth and then yeah. now we're following you all yeah. the way through so it's awesome after birth yeah. <laughs> yep. The shitty, the terrible twos. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So listen, we're gonna get cut off. Yes. I love you, mom. This was actually a good one. This was fun to do. Yeah, um, I love you too, honey. We've been stressing out, and, and I thought just the best way. Why not just connect with the, the people that all this is for and that we're doing it for? And uh, um, on behalf of Catman, myself, Mama C, and uh, Laura, and Katie, and then just everyone involved. You yes. all know who you are. We love you so much, and we appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, and Mama C too. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Mama C here. For the complete library, full episodes, and bonus content, and mainly to support this cause, visit Notes from the Pen on Patreon. To learn more about body and prison reform, visit our website, notesfromthepen.com. And follow us on Twitter to stay current. This has been another Notes from the Pen production. <laughs>